This episode of Something Like Sunday School is brought to you by Exodus Financial Consulting. If you want to get your pockets right, get your accounts in order, whether that be personal or business, you know you want to leave an inheritance for your children's children, right? This is the company that you need to get with. Their mission is to assist you in escaping financial bondage by helping you discover and establish financial goals and providing education on budgeting, savings, investments, and credit restoration. You need it. You do. Throughout the process, you will be given a personal financial coach and an accountability partner. Listen, the process is going to be intense. You'll definitely spend a lot of time outside of your comfort zone, but in return, you'll enjoy a financially stress-free life, so much so that you'll be able to give into others and you can pass this knowledge on to create generational wealth. Don't forget to get to ExodusFinancialConsulting.com, headed up by the CEO, Jermaine Chastain. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Something Like Sunday School. I am Purpose Williams. I'm so glad to have you back, and I hope today that you are ready to read. Today, we're going to do quite a bit of uh, reading. We're going to get back into the account of David, uh, God's own heart. The last time we studied David, he had just been anointed by God to be the next king of Israel, and he had just defeated uh, the giant Goliath. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Although in uh, later episodes, we're going to go back and pick up what we're going to fast um, forward past today. But I wanted to get this particular account, this this particular part of the account of David's story, uh, just wouldn't leave me alone. So let's let's just see about that. We've all heard about the story of, or most of us have heard about the story of David and Bathsheba. Um, I remember first hearing about it. Uh, you know, you're young, you know, you don't know any better. You just be like, I wouldn't have done that in that situation or whatever. You know, you have a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you call people stupid and dumb and why this and why that. But uh, reading it now and reading it lately, reading it when I got older and when I got older in Christ, there are so many things, uh, so many new things that uh, that surfaced. And so today, instead of uh, just assuming, we're going to read. We're going to dig in a little bit. Uh, let's get to it. We'll find this part of David's account in uh, 2 Samuel, uh, starting in the 11th chapter. This is right after David and his army had defeated uh, the Syrians, Amnon's descendants to be exact. Let's see what's going on. Let's start. I hope you got your Bible ready. I hope you got your notebook out, your pen, your paper. However you're going to do it, if you're going to do it electronically. But let's go. Let's get to uh, 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter and the first verse. You ready to read? All right, let's go. And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab... And his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Reba. But David tarried still in Jerusalem. That means he hung back in Jerusalem for a little while. Uh, Let's see what happens. (laughs) Because he chose to chill out in Jerusalem for a bit. Let's see. And this, this, this account moves so fast. It gets, you know. Let's get right into it. We're going to go. Let's go. 
And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed. He's right here. He's not an early riser, is he? He's relaxing, you know. <laughs> it says the evening tide. David sounds like me on a Saturday sometimes. He rose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. He's so struck by this woman's beauty that he got to find out who she is. He sends. He's the king. He can do that. He sends somebody to go like, yo, I guess these will be his women. Who is that girl? He's so taken with her beauty that he wants to know all about her. So it says that he sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba? The daughter of Iliam and the wife. So she's already, she's already taken. She's already somebody's girl. And the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And David sent messengers and took her. After finding out who she is. Told the, told the girl's daddy's name. And her husband's name. He still sent his people. And what did he do? He took her. So I remember first um, coming across this story a couple of times. Like, yo, why did she go? Here it is. She had no choice. He took her. He was the king. Could she deny the king? In those times, you didn't do what the king wanted. That's that's death. Maybe not just for you. Maybe your whole family. So here in my mind before, I kind of can't um, put guilt on Bathsheba. But here, when I'm reading again, did she really have a choice? No, not really. It says that he took her. So against her will is what I'm getting. He took her. He found out. Found out she was married. And he was like, yo, I'm doing it anyway. I'm going to throw my, my authority around. Go ahead and get that girl for me. Isn't that something? Says he he sent for her. And he took her. My goodness. Mm -mm -mm. And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him. She didn't have a choice. And he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness. Remember the last uh, episode we talked about um, Nadia. And um, having to deal with a cycle for all those years. And we say that when women were on their cycles, they were uh, deemed unclean. So here, we see that uh, Bathsheba has just come off. She's just cleaned up. I would imagine that's why she was out there bathing. She could finally come out and be about. And uh, so that's when he took her. He lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. So he slept with the lady. Took her and slept with her. And sent her back home. Isn't that something? And the woman conceives. Not only does he take someone's wife. Not only does he sleep with someone's wife. He gets someone else's wife pregnant. My goodness. And the woman conceived. And sent and told David. And said I am with child. She knows it's David's child. She hadn't been with anybody else. So she sent them a message. Hey, something came from it. <laughs> that something is conception. 
So David knows, you know, he knows he's kind of like messed up. Let's see. Let's see. I ain't going to give too much away. Let's see what happens. Let's see what, what David does next. And this In this account, he's pretty grimy. He's, he's pretty grimy in this one. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah. You remember who Uriah is, right? The Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. So Uriah must be someone of higher ranking that David inquired, would inquire of these things of him. Let's see what happens. And David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet. <laughs> he is sending his man home. Let's see why. And <laughs> wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. He sends food to the man. <laughs> David, David, David. But what did Uriah do? Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and went not down to his own house. He didn't go home. He stayed right there. At the king's house and slept with the servants. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down to thy own house? You journeyed all this time. Don't you want to go home? I'm sending the food with you. I told you. I'm the king. You should just go home and, you know, go home. Get you a little break. Get you a little rest. But Uriah does not go. Let's see what Uriah says to him. And Uriah said unto David, The ark in Israel and Judah abide in tents. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? He's saying, How can I go home in luxury? How can I go home in peace and be with my wife when I know that my fellow... Um, uh, soldiers are out here still in the fields, still sleeping in tents. They're not at home in luxury. They're not chilling with their wives and their family. As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Uriah makes it clear where his position is. He's not going home. He's loyal. And that's something. Let's see what happens. And David said to Uriah, Terry here today also and tomorrow. I will let thee depart. So he gets Uriah to stay. Let's see if he's, you think he would be plotting against him. Why would he tell him to stay? Well, he's going to stay anyway. <laughs> he said he's going to stay. Let's see what David is up to. Mm. Let's see what he's up to. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him. And he made him <laughs> drunk. So we see what David's plan. Part of his plan is he gets the man drunk. He knows the man's going to eat and drink. He's hungry. And he gets the man <laughs> drunk. Isn't that something? Let's see why he tries to get him drunk. Well, why he gets him drunk. And at even, 
He went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord. But he still, even in his drunkenness, he remains loyal to what he said to David, that he wasn't going to go home. <laughs> he still did not go home, but went not down to his house. So David, David is about to amp it up now. He can't get this man to go home to save his life, to cover up his tracks. Let's see what, what he does now. And he came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the front forth of the hottest battle, my goodness, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. This man is crazy. David, what are you doing, David? This is a bold move. This is a bold move. David uses Uriah's loyalty to him to set him up to die. He knows that this guy is so loyal. You're going to give the, the man's death note to him? You think he's not going to open it and read it? Are you serious? So he uses this man's loyalty to set him up and to send him off, my goodness, with his own death note. They say to send him to the hottest battle. Not just a battle. Not just watching over something, but the hottest battle. My goodness. That he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. These are men of war who are skilled. That's what he said. Valiant men, my goodness. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died also. David has gone so far to try to cover his track that he sent this man out here to die. And some other people died with him because of what David had done, had sent out to, to be done. And that's something. This lets us know that the things we do can affect other people as well. My goodness. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war. And charged the messenger saying, When thou hast made an end of telling the matters of war unto the king, and if so, be that the king's wrath arise. And he say unto thee, Wherefore approach ye so nigh unto the city? When did ye fight? Neat. Uh, knew ye not that they would shoot from the wall? Who smote Abimelech and the son of Jerubbasheth? Did not a woman cast a piece of millstone upon him from the wall, that he died in the best? Why went ye nigh the wall? Then say thou, the servant Uriah, the Hittite, is dead also. So the messenger went and came and showed David all that Joab had sent for him. And the messenger said unto David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out into us the field. And we were upon them even unto entering the gate. And the shooters shot from off the wall. These are snipers. My goodness. Upon thy servants. Some of the king's servants be dead. And thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Joab, let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. This man is insane. <laughs> he 
he is insane. He just, you know, chalks it up, tell him to chalk it up to the, to, uh, to the casualties of war. Knowing had, that he had sent this man to be murdered. This is wild. <laughs> this is so wild. Let's pay attention to that, though. For the sword devours one as is well as another. Make that battle more strong against the city. He tells them to amp up their defense. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Make that battle more strong against the city and overthrow it and encourage thou him. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. Not only has she been taken not only as she conceived from being taken, her husband, the love of her life, it seems, has died. And she mourns him. All of this out of her control. And that's something. Mm. Mm -mm. And when the morning was passed, David sent, he sent for her again and fetched her to his house. And she became his wife. And she bare him the son. But the thing that David did had displeased the Lord. It displeased the Lord. It displeased him. David commits adultery and commits murder. He uses his power. Surely we know that God did not anoint him to be king to do these things. But he used his power, committed adultery, committed murder. Isn't that something? And then he takes the woman and marries her. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth and marries her. And the Lord, let's see what happens. Now we're in 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. Let's see the Lord's response to what David has done. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. Nathan is a prophet. And he came unto him and said unto him, David's, uh, Nathan is um, telling David this parable. There were two men in one city. The one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. Now of this story, which one do you think is David? Let's continue to read. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup. <laughs> this is how close the man feels to this animal. And with his children he did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. We're talking about the little ewe lamb he got. This is how close the man is. So this is how much he loves his animal. He said he, he saw it as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man. And he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. He's mad at the rich man for taking this, this man's, um, his little animal from him. That he considers a part of his family. He's angry at the rich man. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, he brought the Lord in it. And the man that had done this thing shall surely die. And he said, Restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. He didn't have any remorse. 
And here's what Nathan says to him. Check out what Nathan response is to David. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. <laughs> You're the one, David, taking people's, um, people from them. Are you crazy? So what Nathan said, you are the man. You're the one. <laughs> Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and have delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wife into thy own bosom. You had your own. You had your own. You had houses. You had wives. <laughs> and gave thee the house of Israel. I even gave you Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto these such and such things. He says, I gave you plenty. You got it all. Man, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. Remember, we talked about the sword. And hast taken his wife to be thy wife. And hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart thine house. There that sword is again. Because thou hast despised me. You've taken all these things I've given you. And look what you've done. And has taken the wife of Uriah. The Lord still calls him. Even though um, Bathsheba is now married to David. The Lord still uh, describes her as the wife of Uriah. <laughs> Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus said the Lord. Behold. My goodness. I will raise up evil against thee. Out of thine own house. The Lord is telling him the consequences of what he did. He has set his family up for, for a sword life. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes. And give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of his son. For thou didst it secretly. But because you did all this secretly. The consequences of what you done going to be public. But I will do this thing before all. Of Israel and before the sun. Mm, mm, mm. We're gonna get into the next part on the next episode. But let's look at the consequences of what David had going had going on. The Lord tells him, because you did this, the consequences of your action, your family gonna suffer. They're gonna suffer. And you did this thing in secret, which you think I saw it. I saw all of it. But your family is going to suffer publicly before your own people, before Israel. Mm, mm, mm. All this because he couldn't control himself. All this because he wanted another man's wife. My goodness. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens on the next account. The next part of David's account concerning his family. When we get into Noah's account, the, the Bible said Noah was obedient to God until the saving of his house. But here we have David on the opposite end, the anointed king, anointed by God. So much so that Saul is removed. Saul is removed and Saul's entire family is removed because the Lord anointed David to be king. But David's consequences, oh, this world will never leave his family. Isn't that something? 
my goodness. Well, I hope that you have been intrigued on today. I hope that you are intrigued so much that you go and read. Read ahead of me. We're still going to come and talk about it. And you can go back and read uh, when David becomes king, when Saul is removed from his position. Man. This, is a, this, this guy can be very grimy. He's a grimy guy. And he still is known as God's own heart. He goes after God's own heart every time. And we're going to see why. We're going to see what happens. All right, guys. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Like I said, I hope that you are intrigued. That you desire now to finish reading what's going on the bible man i'm telling you we told you in the first episode the bible is full of everything there's nothing new under the sun everything that you ever want to understand under and uh, read about there is so much it's, it's in the bible the, what we're witnessing now is nothing new it's in the bible but again hope that you go read i hope that you enjoy and i want to see you for part two of God's own heart, Lady in the Water. As always, share with your family, your friends, and especially, you know who, your enemies. <laughs> we'll see you next time.